TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hello, welcome to a special edition Touch Em All podcast. I'm Derek Wetmore. Judd Zolgad joins me to break down the Joe Mauer day at Target Field, and what a day it was, Judd. I don't know that the Twins, if they were trying to, could have scripted it any better than the final game of the 2018 season. Yeah, it was fantastic, and uh, to see Joe in the ninth there come out and catch and the build-up to it. So Kepler flies out yes. to, end the, to end the eighth. And Max, like, there's this silence, and there's this, like, buzz. Yes. And Max obliviously starts to trot out to right field. And I think Jeff Smith, the first base coach, you could see him say, Max, come here, come here, come Get here. Get back in here for and a second. everybody from the Twins is on the uh, top step, it looked like, of the dugout. Now, we can't see in from the press box. Right. So you, could, you knew something was coming, but you didn't know what. And then to see this, like, pause and this anticipation, and then to see Joe emerge in catching gear. Um, if you didn't get a little bit misty at that point, I mean, it was absolutely kudos to Dave St. Peter, the Twins, kudos to what they did. Everything through the eighth was very nice for Joe. Yeah. But that was fantastic. Yes. Like, that was – and That's and, a top target field moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for Joe – who said that they basically that he was approached on Friday about this? Yeah. He's like, "Oh shucks, geez, guys, I don't think I so." Don't know. And then his friends are like, "No, this makes sense." It was really cool, and it was it was really well done. He goes out there, he catches one pitch from fellow veteran Matt Belial. It was a ball. It was a, sort of a modified pitch out. Yeah, we think we think Belial was instructed to throw a ball, but Belial. In he the said post he game, like, I want to throw a strike. <laughs> right. But it sounds like yeah. it was it was orchestrated with the White Sox the, to be a take. So I think exactly. the Twins did say, Matty, don't throw a don't throw a, you know a cookie because yeah. you'll get strike one, and and the White Sox are doing us a solid here. Right. It's like the we had flashbacks to the 2014 All Star Game when I can't remember was it Adam Wainwright said he grooved the pitch yes. to Derek Jeter yes. in Jeter's farewell game. This is very let, let's let, we can break down the rest of the game. We'll get to the other moments. I'm reading your. First post on 1500ESPN.com right now with the sort of moment-by-moment of Joe Maurer's possibly final day. But let's start with this. He's got to retire, right? That's, that's, the, that's it. That's the bow. That's the curtain call. That is the height of goodbyes as far as baseball is concerned, right? Derek, I think you're 1,000% right. Listen, here's the weird thing, all right? In Joe's postgame presser, in, in the – Amount of time, and that was how long? Oh, eight, ten, eight, ten minutes, minutes or tops. So? That's as much as we've seen from Joe. Like, I wanted to say, Joe, do you understand if you had been like this for the last 15 years, the perception of you in this town is completely different? Superstar. Because he's completely, and it's not that his personality morphed and changed, but there's something there. Yeah. And his answers, and he told stories yeah. about this whole situation and catching. And I wanted to say, Joe. If you had done this for 15 years, the perception of you in this town is completely different. All of that being said, as I said to you in the clubhouse, um, if Joe doesn't retire now, it's the most tone-deaf thing ever. 
<laughs> well, and, and in some ways, and you know what? In some ways, I really think the Twins are, are, are going to be, if not sort of miffed, and, and I don't mean Molitor and that group, but I mean the executives. Yeah. Like, if you, do, if you go to the means that they went to to do this for Joe, that's clearly sort of a, it's been a great run push. Uh, so, yes, if Joe now comes back in November and vacillates and goes far, that's right. it's really <laughs> yeah, that's toned right. down. Right. So, yes, it was the perfect send-off. It was outstanding. And I know that he basically wants to get some time now to make decompress. a decision and sure. decompress. I get all that, but he's got to retire. He has to. I mean, he without being a jerk to. about it, no, he this was to. really nice. Right. Like, there's no right. way There's no way you can say, I know you went through all that, but I'm coming back. Look, this is the way I view it. This is storybook, man. You can't – you don't get to write very many things in pro sports. You've been around pro sports long enough to know, Judd. There are just days that just – you just you can't make up. Yep. So there are days that are okay. It's the same old, same old. Sunday at Target Field was not same old, same old. Correct. And it would feel weird to me if if Joe's number seven bag was plopped down at a corner clubhouse stall in Fort Myers in a few months. He's done though, right? Like it, he seemed he did. Did, did he not? Well, seem let's done back this up. You? Let's back this up because we came into today, Judd. Uh, we both covered Sunday's game, and I came into Sunday. I came into the weekend. Frankly, I came into September thinking this is it for Joe Maurer. Joe Maurer is done. It's just a matter of time. Let's see how this final month plays out. I hope selfishly because I like storylines. I hope he catches Harmon Killebrew in terms of getting on base all time in a Twins uniform, which he's done. He checked that off well before Sunday. And I thought, yeah, yeah, this is a pretty good. His, uh, his body's probably defied him one more time than he cares. Mm-hmm. You know, the concussion earlier this season, I think, is going to be a big factor when he sits down, gets that space, gets to self-reflect and thinks, boy, if I come back again, I mean, you're you're talking about there's family considerations, there's professional considerations, but now we're talking health considerations. I thought this was it. Then I came to the park on Sunday, and I said, yeah, this is it, right? We were just kind of chit-chatting in the press box, and you said, yeah, maybe, but pro athletes are there – Within their rights to reverse call or reverse their decision, right. change their mind. Three weeks from now, Joe Maurer might be starting to feel a little bit better. He might start to think, gosh, I, I'm not ready to start thinking about life after baseball. And his wife might say, play again. They might say, hey, go, go yeah. back. And the twins might come begging and say, hey, we're going to be good next year. We're going to spend some money. We're going to go get some players. It's going to be a big winter for us. We'd love for you to take us back to the postseason or at least be yep. a part of that trip. Yep. And I started thinking through Sunday's game. I thought, yeah, Judd's right. There's something to that that he might turn heel. Even if he's made up his mind today, yep. it might be different three weeks from now. Now, having seen out the way, not only the double played out, but the catching, the curtain call, the way the teammates received him, his the best press conference of his career, yes. there's, there's no way that I could even envision him contemplating coming back now. Well, and this was, and, and this is going to sound harsh, but I don't mean it to be a jerk. This also was the biggest push out the door I've seen for a player since since Favre retired from the Packers sure in 2007 right uh just in the sense that you don't do all these things for a player like well, I mean what you, more could you have like done, you don't really? show no right no, but yeah. I'm but I'm trying not to be a jerk here because the no, twins did you. a good job I'm with you so this is not me saying that Joe that Joe's being done wrong here 
Right. But they, he clearly has told them or indicated to them. And you know what? They might say t- to themselves, too, we want a clean break. Sure. You know, I mean, this was not a good team. This is a team that's going to have a ton of cash to spend, potentially. Yep. This is a team that might say to itself, we want players that we want, our style of play, our roster. That's right. So, you know, there's just – but when he came out and caught, I said – because I'll go back to this. If you come out and catch one pitch and it's that special, and then November 15th you're like, you know what? I'm coming back. How about a two-year deal, boys? Right. The tone, the tone deafness of doing <laughs> yes. that is – and some athletes have it. Yep. Joe, I don't know that well, but I got to think that Joe knows that today today was made special, not just because it's a Lifetime Achievement Award. And, hey, if you come back in right. 19 and 20, that's great. I got to think that he knows that this was a huge pat on the back, 15 years. You're going to be in the Twins Hall of Fame. Hell, you, you might go eventually into the Baseball Hall. But all that being said, that this was the Twins saying, it's been great. I think if nothing else... This moment, and it was a series of moments, but really the moment in the ninth inning comes out to catcher, back in the saddle again, plays over the loudspeakers. I mean, that to me, if if I'm sitting in Joe Maurer's shoes in three weeks from now, and the season's in my rearview mirror, MLB postseason's still going on, I'm contemplating my future. Hey, if I retire, what does life look like after baseball? Or, hey, do I have the the gas left in the tank to go another year, two years, three years, whatever. As I think about that, this moment weighs so heavily on my mind that it couldn't be a more perfect goodbye, a more special send-off, or as Paul Molitor called it, a beautiful day at Target Field. I think this adds a little bit of weight to that side of the argument that says, eh, maybe maybe go out on top. Maybe, maybe this is the perfect time to say goodbye. I want to back up. Even just before the game, Judd, we talked about Maurer. Obviously, this is Joe Maurer day at Target Field. That pregame moment with his daughter standing at first base, a kid's day. Yep. I'm as cynical as they come. I know you're right up there, too. That was a pretty special moment. The whole day was perfect. Like, I, I just keep going back to the fact that the Twins did this completely right. Yes. Everything they did was completely right. And, and it carried the perfect tone. And, and I now, in retrospect... I love the fact that, that, you know, Joe was not going to come out and say, I'm done playing. And instead of the Twins being like, well, at the end of the game, we'll allow a standing ovation or something like that. That this is because the interesting thing about this is if you think about historically great players in Twins history, you have a very short list, and it might be zero until today, of guys whose career have come to an end at home, and that's been it, and the team did things right. Right. Killebrew went to KC and yep. played for the Royals for a year so that was a that was too bad. Yep. Carew got traded and you knew Carew's last game at the Met was his last game, but it's a very different thing I think the dynamic of I'm retiring or That's right. I'm still young and good. My career is going on but it's just going on Which somewhere Rodney else. Was. Right. Yes. And and there there was We there should was, see other people is what that is. It, well, right. And Calvin and Rodney had, had had a huge falling out by that point, so there was nothing really kind about that. Herbeck, we knew, I think, was going to be done at the end of 94. But then don't forget, in August, the strike hits. And sure. I think they're in Oakland during that year okay. to end the year. So there's no, there's no okay, this is Kent Herbeck day 
Uh, Tory comes as close as you can get. Yeah, I was at Tory's. But there was still that whole thing of Tory might come back, and Tory Tory had played to a point there where where you're like you might not be done. Yeah, and so that was a nice goodbye. Are you talking 2015 or 2007? The first 2015. Okay. No, I'm I'm saying when Tory when Tory played his last game here, and they played the video tribute on the big board and everything. But there was still talk about the Twins would would like to bring him back at that point, and and he had been a great asset uh, for that club. The difference with Joe is you sort of get the feeling it's done here, and the Twins did such a good job with the whole thing, from his girls being out there uh, to the tributes that they played throughout the game, which were, in typical Joe fashion, understated. Yes. But nice. Yes. You know, the, the old commercials they that struck Joe— struck a great tone with yes. that. And, so, and then the catching thing was just such a cool—this is so unmauer like but it, but yet it's it's him. You know what? The double in the was it the seventh inning? He comes up. Oh yeah, that's another great moment. That part itself, I thought, wow, that's the cake. That that's the cherry on top of a a nice, you know, quiet, understated as you said. But he but takes a, second. But a nice day for Jomar. Works the count full. Slices yep. a double to left field gap, left center. I thought for sure he was going to get thrown out at second base. Yep. Legged it out, and that's Joe. Uh, patient hitter, one of the best eyes I've seen at the plate ever. Uh, the fact that that double fell in between a shift where the right fielder was basically standing in center field, yep. so they were playing him to hit it that way, and he still drops it in there. And then just a smart read on the bases, sees the center fielder's weight shifting a little bit too far to one side and knew that he was going to have an extra split second in a one-run game, he said, trying to get into scoring position. I'm sitting in the press box thinking to myself, as I'm, I can't remember if I was holding my phone trying to take video of that at that point or not. I'm a semi-professional photographer in my spare time. Lots of people are now. Yes. <laughs> Too many, I think. <laughs> I'm in that group for sure. But I was thinking, wow, that's what a nice moment. Joe, go ahead and pinch run for him, Molly. That's, that's the spot you that's take him I out. Yep. You put somebody in there. It doesn't matter who. Yep. The game is irrelevant. Whether you win 77 games or 78, nobody cares. Yep. Let Joe tip his cap. This is his moment. And then they just one-upped it, I, I mean, 10, well, they ten times in the ninth inning. Well, they jumped off the top I rope. Thought, I thought the same thing that you thought, and then they didn't do that. And so I thought, okay, he's going to come out in the ninth, and, and his teammates are going to stay behind. He'll yeah. go to first base and then get replaced. But they're, the whole idea – It's brilliant. Well, it's, it's brilliant, and it's only the, – the opportunity only exists with, with X amount of players sure. who played a different position and catchers off the charts. Right. But for Joe to talk about how he agreed to this on Friday and then on Saturday, I believe, found his old catching gear, which he had taken home and, according to him, had not opened up the bag since 2013. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And was going to – I mean, if this is all true, which I'm guessing it is, sure. but it's a great story, but was going to make a shadow box of his catching equipment, but he didn't do it. So it was still sitting there, and he tossed it in the car. And, and then <laughs> so people didn't find out it was in his trunk, it sounds like, and the equipment guy during the course of the game eventually goes out and gets it and puts yep. it at Joe's locker. Yep. And then in the eighth at some point in time, he goes down and dresses. But seriously, Twins have done some things th- this year as a franchise that have driven me absolutely batty and I don't get. But yeah. as far as the PR move of this goes and the ode to a player, this in this town – I'm trying to think off the top of my head very quickly here. It you, might be the best. Yeah. It might be the best thing I've seen. You know, this reminds me, just as you say that, the only one that I can think. So I, I was at Tory's Goodbye in 2007, and even then, that wasn't a 
for sure goodbye. That was a, you're going to be a free agent. Yeah. And we're not sure how it's going to happen. They ended up offering him a contract, but it right. wasn't what the Angels gave him. Right. But he runs out for the ninth inning and then is, is pulled just before the first batter comes up. It's like Jason Tyner or somebody ran out there. Sure. So he gets to walk off to the Metrodome crowd, losing its collective mind. The one that reminds me, and we were together for this one, actually. You, uh, Phil Mackey, and I were sitting at a sports bar in Fort Myers when Kevin Garnett came back. And that's the only thing yeah, in was, my right. my brief sports writing career that yeah. I can think that, that even comes close to really matching this in terms of the importance and the just the emotion poured out from the fans, from the player. Yep. KG coming back to the Target Center is right up there, 1A and 1B, with this Joe Maurer send-off to me. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Yeah, and that, that was outstanding. And Flip did a great job there. Mm-hmm. And at that time, un- unfortunately, things changed. Flip right. passed away, and then KG felt betrayed again by Glenn Taylor. But that night was the perfect tone. And this was – but the thing about KG, too, is he was su- uh, such a dynamic personality – Sure. That I mean, this is this is getting a guy who we've never felt that we've That's known, right. and then we saw him cry. Yeah, three times. I just I just wanted to shake him by the shoulders and say, dude, if you'd done this for fifteen years, do you know how popular you would have been? He'd own this town, and you don't have to show a lot. But where I give the twins so much credit is they took a guy who begs for being lost in the shuffle. Yes. Like he has no interest in this stuff. Right. And they took a guy who, because with KG, it's KG, you know. That's and, right. And or, ordinarily with players, more often than not, I think if they're stars, mm-hmm. they do have personalities. Joe really doesn't. And just, uh, but the catching thing. And you knew something was up. And then you're just watching that. And then he jogs out and you're just like, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I got to think he's done. There's this quiet buzz around Target I, Field. I got to think he's done, and I'll t- tell you what. I mean, post game here, I get the feeling that there's going to be changes and lots of, of them here. I yeah. mean, this is a very disappointing year, and I think you're going to see a lot of shuffling here. And it, it wouldn't be, it would not shock me one bit if Paul's not back either. So hmm. that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying is I think there's a very good chance that this franchise is going to hit a reset button of a pretty big nature yeah and so that they'd be saying you know joe we could use you but you'd be platooning and yeah that's right and for as good as joe still can be at times it's so streaky now yeah like there's there are two weeks where you're like oh he's got it back and then there's a month where he doesn't and the concussions came back right and i just got i gotta think to have been as good as he was Derek for an extended period. I mean, three batting titles as a catcher is Doesn't unheard happen. of. Yeah. Right. So I got to think to be – he wasn't just good. He was great. And the team didn't obviously always flourish around him in the playoffs. But that being said, if you sit down and think about it, okay, so you're going to come back at the age of, what, 36? He'll 36, be 36 in April. And you're going to be a platoon first baseman. And well, you're that's gonna, just it. And you're going to play sometimes. And by the way, now concussions are a concern again. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons to be like, you know what? Today was perfect, and I'm going to go hunting and fishing, and I'm that's rich, right. and I got three kids. Come up with a new hobby. Exactly. I think, And that's tough. It is. And I think that's going to be the biggest pull is what does post-baseball life look like? I've just spent time this just today. Obviously, it's not my future. It's not my life. It's not my career. He'll have much more intimate thoughts about this than I did in passing in the press box. But I just can't convince myself that there's a reason to come back unless unless he's kept this hidden from us. And it's very possible that this is the case. So I'm not discounting this. 
but unless he's kept hidden from us, that the only thing that drives him on a day-to-day basis is a World Series ring. I've never gotten that sense from Joe, no. but Paul Mulder did say post-game, and I believe him, that Maurer is more competitive than most people know, than most people expect. I've always thought Joe is has the perfect temperament. As much as Paul Mulder has the perfect temperament for day-in and day-out grind of a baseball season, I thought Joe Maurer did too because he wasn't, um, boy, this last two weeks has been great, or boy, this last two weeks has been tough. Joe Maurer every day was the cliche box, the jukebox, stick in a quarter and say, boy, sure is going to be nice to pull on the uniform and go get him again today. Yeah. That mentality plays so well in baseball that I just thought that's his thing. He's a routine-based guy. The only case that I could see after the send-off given today, after where his career is now, what is he, career 306 hitter, uh, 388 on base percentage, which is amazing. Uh, 439 career slugging percentage. With all of that being said, the only thing that I could see pulling him right back is if that World Series championship is the number one motivator. I've never gotten the sense that it is, yeah. but if it is, that'd be probably the only thing that could top a day like today. He's such a weird guy because he was He's so, hard to read. He was so great when he was great. And I don't want to say he, he's not a competitor, but do I think there's a fire in his belly to win a World Series? I don't think that exists. I think he'd like to win. I think we'd all sure. like to win. But you know what? If he was driven, if he was truly, if the cherry on top was a World Series ring, then I think in June or July, when when the uh, writing was on the wall here, you go to Falvey and say, I'll wave the no trade. Watch him move me. And and I'll go because the Yankees thing really yeah. did, and people can laugh all they want. No, and say, you, yeah, it made. We talked about it. It made perfect sense. Yeah. You go there, left-handed hitting first baseman. The ballpark suits you really well. Yep. Uh, you go and you're just a guy there. You're just in that a guy, lineup. right? Yeah, right. You're not. It's not as if you signed a multi-year contract. Yep. The New York Post would cover your trade, but you would not be a back page guy. In an odd way, he would be less of a figure. He would be. in New York than That's here. What I've always said. Yeah. That's what, what. Now, if he had signed a big contract there, it's totally sure. different. But if you get traded there for some some reliever, sure, to be twins, the sixth best player on an already exactly. playoff bound team, and and you go and, and you get yourself and your and your pregnant wife and your two girls for the rest of the summer a nice penthouse which you can afford, and you get your ring, because he's got to know. That a ring here is going to take how long? Well, and teams can turn things around quickly, but it's different to, to do what the Twins did in 2017 and become a playoff team yeah. as opposed to we've built a World Series team. I mean, yeah. you look at Sano, question mark, Buxton, question mark. So I don't want to say he's not competitive. I do believe he is, but a World Series ring could have possibly been had if he had gone elsewhere. And sure. as far as we know, he never broached it, and they never approached him about it. Yeah. I had heard the day before that that conversation had not taken place. Yeah, so I'll see if that's true or not. Maybe we'll find out this more was details. Fun this was awesome. A wonderful day. It, and it was awesome. Yep. A wonderful day at Target Field, something I'll certainly remember for a long time. The other Target Field moments that jumped to mind would be opening day, um, Glenn Perkins closing out the 2014 All-Star 2014 Game. 2014 All-Star Game with... Jeter had the same tone as today. Yep. In, and and I give I give this team credit. Yeah. They handled this stuff incredibly well. Yeah. Nobody grooved him a fastball. But True. And other baseball than that, that came in and obviously ran the All Star game. Yeah. But I mean, this franchise has a really good sense of history. Yeah. But you're right. 
2000, okay, this uh, target field opened in two, 2010. 2010. The top, the top target field moments, obviously opening day against the Red Sox 2010. Yep. The All-Star game, without a doubt. Morneau in the home run derby that same year. Okay. That was kind of fun, even though it I wasn't the same I did not the attend Morneau. the playoff game in 2010, so I yeah, have no same. idea if that was a cool, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was cool, sure but was. if that was a memorable environment or not. But yeah, this is definitely top five. It's, it's up there. It might. I it's don't. sort of sad too because there should be more. That's right. I mean, the team's <laughs> been right. the team's been a dumpster fire <laughs> way too right. much. But um, yeah, they outdid themselves. And you know what? Too kudos to Joe because sure. he could have said no. That's right. They had to get him to catch. That's right. And he could have been like, his hey. initial reaction was, "I don't think so." Yeah. And he very easily. And kudos to Joe and his wife because I'm sure that, that she had plenty of pull. She probably got a vote. But for for him having the sense to go along with what was a really neat plan. Hey, so you did some digging on that. This will be the last thing, and then I can leave you. Um, and I'll be on your show Monday. Yes. So the the one local show we still got on 1500 ESPN for the time being. Starts at 3 p.m. Mackie and Judd show, 3 to 6. We wanted to do a Touch Em All podcast to make sure that people who are looking for Joe Mauer, looking for twins, got that earlier in the day Monday. But I will be on the show at some point Still working with my agent and your yeah, booking agent. Yeah, well, they're still working out the details of the timing and all this that. Might be your last appearance. That's right. Well, in I, which case, in which case, well, I they would like you a virgin full catcher's gear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe a uh, like you reporter's notebook in full catcher's gear. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With the Talk through the mask. Press note in the yep. top of my derby hat. I yes. think there's there's. Plenty to talk about. We can talk twins. We can talk off season. I, there, I know there's a lot to talk about that with the twins. Um, we'll get into all that on the radio show, and and for sure, in columns and podcasts throughout this off season, we've got some big plans. But I want to ask you before we get going here about the catching moment, how that came about. You did some digging on that today at Target Field. Uh, Mauer talked about it. Molitor talked about it a little bit. What what can you tell me about the Start to finish, soup to nuts. Joe Mauer catching idea from idea to, wow, he's actually out there wiping tears, taking a standing ovation from yep. the target field crowd. Well, Joe talked about the fact that this came actually a few weeks back from his dad, Jake. And Jake didn't approach Joe. He approached Joe's wife, Maddie, and said it would be really cool if we could get Joe to catch one pitch. That's my favorite part. The key the being, it's just one pitch. And so... It sounds, but but if the translation of this is accurate, it sounds like the bullpen catcher is it Nate Dahman? Nate Dahman, yeah. Okay, Nate Dahman and Derek Shelton, a coach on the staff. And Dahman's been here forever, and he's Joe's good friend. One one of his good which, buddies, which is so Joe like. Yes, I'm really good friends with the chef and bullpen coach. That's or something, right. Right. So it sounds like Dahman and Shelton approached Joe on Friday and said, "This is the idea," and Joe said, "I don't think so." But part of it sounds like he said, Maddie would kill me. Yeah. And so then she was on board, and it sounds like she then said, no, it's fine, catch one pitch. Yeah, because it was five years ago that Maurer said, hey, this foul tip, this concussion, this is a scary deal. This isn't just baseball. This is life. I remember sitting in the 1500 ESPN dungeon, that side studio on the AM side, listening to the press conference where Maurer said, yep, this is it. I'm going to be a first baseman now. And the 
the talk at the, this is funny now. At, at the time, it was well, maybe getting out from behind the plate will help his power numbers. That was all the yeah, talk. That was a big mistake. On yeah, that, that I wouldn't have said that. So, but so then, yeah, it was he wanted to honor that decision that he made at the time that yes. said, "I'm not going behind the plate because of risk, future and health it concerns." Like his wife's, uh, wife had had a big say in probably saying you shouldn't catch, which he shouldn't have. Right, five years ago. Five years yeah. ago. Right. So, to, so it sounds like now she said, "No, that's fine. Go catch one pitch." And so he thought about it. And, and Shelton and Dalman basically laid out, uh, here's how it, it'll work. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, we'll come to an agreement with the White Sox hitter not to swing at the pitch. Send him a nice bottle of champagne. Exactly right. I'm sure. And then they basically, it sounds like at some point in time, Joe either thought of or was told, who do you want to throw the pitch? Yeah. A- and it's funny. I didn't realize this till we were in the clubhouse today. The last game he caught, I believe, was started by Kyle Gibson. Yeah. Who was the last guy on the pitching staff who who actually pitched to Joe? Now, Kyle didn't pitch today, so Joe said, my buddy Matt Belisle should throw the pitch. And so he he then, but Maurer said he went, and for the first time since 2013 on Saturday night, opened up his catching gear at home. And in typical Joe fashion, because you can totally envision this, put the gear on o- over his street clothes. <laughs> and then he said he sort of started to well up and or cry at that point yeah but then he put it back in his bag took the bag out put the bag in the car and that they told very few people and so so to a bunch of people who saw it today including all of us in the media and the fans it was a complete surprise yeah yeah it really was they kept it quiet they kept it under wraps well i think they knew if they told probably the wrong three people it would be all over now there was there was speculation as of last night going into this morning, that, that he actually might start the game at catcher, correct? Yep, yep. just as a moment, yeah, kind right. of like this, the same whatever. Same type of thing, but this was far superior. Way better. This was, this was great. Way, way so, better. So, yeah, so Joe got his last time to catch, and, and now we'll either ride off into the sunset and or decide he's going to come back, in which case we'll all say, <laughs> in which case we'll all start to call him Brett Favre. <laughs> what, what? It'll be as Farvinian as anything. Good thing we have someone with experience in the room who covered the Brett oh, Favre yeah. uh, waffling. Do, do I want to catch again? Maybe. Do I not want to catch? Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll just uh, I'll talk to my wife and see what she says. <laughs> Could I be the greatest six foot five catcher in history? Maybe. And so, and I the only thing we don't know is Belial claimed he was trying to throw a strike. And Maurer said the agreement was it was not going to yeah, be Yeah, I called boo-boo on and that. And Molitor agreed with that as well. <laughs> so, yeah. I did find it in, in, interesting in Paul's post-game press conference, though, that that he was asked uh, the direct question of, are you prepared to go through this all again next year with Joe? And Paul was sort of defiant. And said, it's a great answer. No, because we'll be playing in the – our season won't, won't be done yet. He said we'll be getting ready for our next game but at this point be, next year. That's going to be our next and your next discussion. Yes. Is, is Paul back? Yes. And I think it is far. But I thought a week ago the answer was yes, definitely. Like with some maybes, now I think there's a very good chance that he's not back. Yeah. Yeah. You think Joe didn't want to do this catching thing because he was worried at catching a foul tip or because he didn't want the attention? Um, I think the attention, the thought of the attention bugged him at first. Yeah. And then I do too. I, I, you know what I think? I think the driving force is very simple. His dad. Like he, I think Joe is is willing to put up with unwanted attention for himself because he knew. I don't think he did this for, for himself. I think he did, he did this because he found out yeah. this was w- what his dad 
wanted and he knows he's just about done playing, mm-hmm. Joe is. And so I think this was driven by the fact that his wife and friend said, do this for your pops, and he said okay. Well, and the word is his dad didn't know before. I mean, he had talked about it, of course, so it's not like a foreign concept to him, but that he didn't know it was going to happen right. until it happened right. in the ninth inning on Sunday. That's right. that's one of the coolest parts about this And to my me. guess is that's why Joe cried. Yes. Like, I don't think Joe cried for Joe. No. I think Joe is the type of guy who is probably uh, emotionally sappy at times, which is fine. And I think he cried because of his dad. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's all I got for you, sir. Cool moment at Target Field on Sunday. Judd, thanks for joining the Touch Em All podcast. I'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Talk to you. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 328 23.